Today is Sunday, November 19th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 546 features our pal and former ESPN basketball writer, Seth Landman. And I'm Evan Valenti, and today's show is powered by FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. New customers receive $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to a new edition of Celtics Beat. Fresh off the seas, exhilarating, heart attack prone, uh, or or in, in, in inducing. And I don't. I'm 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 edge. I'm, I'm on edge. I'm on edge. I'm I'm feeling a little frantic off of this Celtics win in Memphis. Just an electric performance that uh, I, I'm still trying to kind of calm down from. You're probably listening to this you know, Monday morning or the uh, midweek or something because we come at you once a week. That may be changing soon, by the way. But at the moment, we come at you once a week. And uh, we are recording this, I guess, opposite Garden Report. If you are a regular on CLNS, you're probably, you know, over there listening to live reaction. We're taped, though. We're not live. And so uh, we are sort of digesting this much as they are in uh, real time, except coming to you after the fact, which is why this bigger picture show isn't going to be focused entirely on this game. But what a way to start, considering what the Seas did in uh, just a another impressive close and and just sequence of plays that we can delve more you know deeper into. But the way this team stays together when the going gets tough just continues to really impressed me it's my big takeaway through 13 games that has been my takeaway since the opening tip off of the season they just stay together and it's so much fun to watch adam kaufman and valenti seth Lamman is here you know give the people what they want is is what i say ev and uh, i i think our views on youtube are our downloads for the podcast generally our numbers are pretty consistent guest to guest but when it comes to commentary be it in the youtube chat or twitter reaction i'm not kidding i'm not just saying this landman brings the best out we 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 really we get a lot of like man when's that landman guy gonna be back on the show you are just you're insightful my friend the people love it you're not just another uh you know i I don't want to like demean any of our guests we love our guests but no, you keep know, blowing, blow some more smoke. This is great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're not a you're not a tape recorder in the locker room. You know what I mean? You're not a beat guy working no. your sources. You're a, you are just you are just a lover of basketball who is not paid in any way, shape, or form to watch the game, to cover the game, to judge this, evaluate this team, to love life when the Celtics are going hot, and to want to die when they're not. Mm-hmm. You are just a passionate fan, but able to view this team analytically. And that is in large part, other than the fact that I go back with you a million years and I love you. It's part of why you're here. And so welcome back. It's good to have you. Thank you. Good and to be uh, here. man, I, I guess my, my, where I want to begin before we even go back to that Memphis game is just, this team is 11 and two. Mm-hmm. It is the best record in the NBA and forgive me anyone listening for this sounding stupid. It will. <laughs> I'm impressed. 
like, I, I, I didn't, I, like, I knew they were going to be good. Obviously I knew they were going to be great. I knew they were going to have a ton of wins, finish somewhere in the fifties, maybe even if everything went insanely right sixties, but there's also a reason that I spent so much of the off season, even post Porzingis and holiday acquisitions saying, I wouldn't be shocked if they, they hit the under, you know, they're like 50 to 54 wins just because of load management or when injuries strike and, you know, a new unit, it's going to take a little while to come together. They have come together out of the gate. And I just didn't see it being this good, this smooth, this, you know, the continuity being this locked in this quickly. So I think when you have this many, this much top end talent, you know, there's been all these debates over the past few years about big threes versus big twos. Is it better to have a big two and have more resources to like fill out the rest of the roster? Or do you pump resources into the big three? And that way, if one of the big two gets hurt, you have like more flexibility. The Celtics have six really good players. And when you have six really good players, you know, even on like Derek White misses a couple games here and there, Jalen misses a game. It doesn't really make a difference. Like the, their roster basically unless they're playing the nuggets some night their roster is going to be better than any team they're playing um i so i like i'm sort of looking to see what happens as they get a little deeper into the bench maybe explore some lineups like that they haven't explored yet as we move forward but um right now they're they're you know playing their top 6 what it, the starters all played 34 or more minutes tonight right um and then 22 you know, apiece for Hauser and Horford. Yeah, aside from a couple minutes for Kata and Stevens, you're looking at like an eight-man playoff rotation, basically. So, I mean, if that's what they're doing with the rotation, they really should be winning these games. Um, so it's like, it, to me, the difference from last year is just, um, you know, beating the hell out of teams that they're supposed to beat the hell out of most nights. I mean, this, this road game in Memphis notwithstanding, they won, but a close one probably probably should have beat this team by more, but, um, and then the other difference is just what you were saying about staying together. I think where, where in past seasons, they've like struggled to generate shots in the clutch. I think, I think they have a little more optionality when it comes to mismatch hunting now. Um, and that makes a big difference down the stretch of games. Um, yeah. So, I, th- I mean, it makes sense to me that they're 11 and two, like, you know, you look at the schedule and it's been kind of a tough schedule in some ways, but it's not like, I mean, what games were you expecting them to lose? You just expect some losses to accumulate, but on a game by game basis, they should win all these games. And they've been in every game. That's yep. and they've been in every single game. They lost the Timberwolves game by, you know, an overtime had that had a chance That's to win at the end. Jalen misses a shot. Uh, they had every every opportunity to win that game in Philadelphia, the first one, and they lost that one. But they've been right. every, in every game. They've blown some teams up and some close ones. And you know, you just you just add it all up together so far, and they're just learning a lot about each other in late game situations. That is really exciting. I had this the other day. Bobby Manning uh, piggybacked off this. He had a, an article come out about it later, and this is prior to the Memphis game tonight. This will update later with with. Uh, whatever, you know, the last five minutes of the Memphis game, because that should be five more clutch time minutes. But coming into this game, the Celtics boys in 25 clutch time minutes, they had an offensive rating of 125, 87. That's really good. 
87.8 defensive rating and a 37.7 net rating, which was second in the league only to Dallas. Um, they've been really good in the clutch, which is a nice tr- uh, uh, change from last year where they were 11th in offensive rating, they were 12th in defensive rating, and they were 8th in net rating at 4.6 last year. Obviously, we have a long way to go. Like, there's obviously they're going to play a lot more clutch minutes, and, and the number's going to even out a little bit. But this is like, as you – and like the things that – I find this year very interesting because I'm looking at last year's team, looking at this year's team, and just noticing some really big differences right off the jump and just tracking to see how long these are going to hold for. I've been ma- monitoring the post-up stuff since day one, and it's hold solid at like a 7%. Boston's generating 7% of their offense out of the low post, which is awesome in comparison to 2% last year. This is another reason how Boston is just much better this year. They're much harder to guard this year because they're much better in close situations. And if we want to use an example from this particular game, it's the ending where Jason Tatum's got on the right side, goes towards the middle, draws two, and Porzingis cuts from the left wing to get an easy basket as he cuts. Tatum notices him, just a nice, easy drop-off pass. Porzingis keeps it high in the air, doesn't bring it low so somebody can swat at it and make it knock out of his hands, and just dunks. And that made a 102-100, and that ended up being the game winner there. I I just don't see that happening last year. This team, in those minutes, were stagnant. This team, this time around, moves a little bit differently. Like Derek White, corner three, late in the game. Jalen's got it right side, pass to Holiday in the middle of the floor. One kick pass to White in the corner, wide open for a corner three for Derek White, which is, is as good as a layup. Like This team has been able to focus and fine-tune some things in certain areas, and their end-of-game execution is the reason why they're 11-2 and two and not like 7 and six, right? They could easily be much more towards the middle of the pack if they don't execute the way they've been doing at the end of games. This has been a nice, nice improvement for them to start 23-24. It's been great. We don't have to, we don't have to talk about like Aldama missing a wide open three that could have, no, we could just, yeah. There was one more shot down the other end. No, I just, you know, like, um, Uh, I mean, a hundred percent. That was, that was a very losable game without a doubt. Well, but that's the, and that's the thing about like, about close games is you're like the, the close games, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some like weird stuff's going to happen. Evan, as Evan just rightly pointed out, like the numbers will, will change as the season goes along. What this is why, what I like is the like, you know, you blow out Indiana by like 50, you kick the crap out of the wizards. Like the more of those games they have, the better. And those games are the games that, that let Missoula maybe get a little deeper into figuring out what combinations of players are going to allow him to have his best players on the floor as much as possible in playoff games. Like I think figure, I think they have plenty of bench pieces that are good players on this team. I don't think they necessarily have settled into the lineups that are going to unlock those line, those bench lineups in a way that lets Missoula keep his best players on the floor as much as possible yet. Is there a lineup that you are looking to see that maybe we have seen very minimally to this point? Uh, obviously, yeah. those minutes get tracked that, uh, you know, you, you want to see become more of a, a primary lineup for them? Yeah, I mean, I guess like I'm, I've sort of become obsessed with this idea that I think I think we all we've like for a couple of years now, we've accepted it as kind of gospel truth that the Jays need to be staggered. Like you got it. You have these two great player, great offensive players. One of them needs to be on the court at all times. 
And I actually think the way Jalen, to me, like I've talked about this a million times, but Jalen is so dominant as an off ball player and has some struggles as an on ball player. Um, And so I just, I like any minutes when he's on the floor with Tatum, it just feels like that unlocks him rather than uh, when he's out there, um, you know, having to carry an an offensive unit. I kind of think it might be diminishing returns. And so I, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I would like them to experiment with it. There was seven, I think by my count, seven more minutes tonight of non-garbage time with both Jays on the bench. Um, tonight they played those minutes even, which means, and now for the season, I guess it's like up to 18 minutes plus 10, which is pretty amazing. Um, the, there's been more minutes than that, but those are the non-garbage time minutes. So like the minutes that actually matter. Mm. Um, so I just think it's it's something that, I would be interested in seeing them explore more because it means more minutes in playoff games with both Jays on the floor, which is like, I, to me, maybe the, the kind of thing I'm trying to maximize. If those, what, what, what you have to look at is whether the Jalen and no Jason minutes are, if those minutes are negative, then they're worth exploring. Like they're worth experimenting with. Cause if you can have a lineup, let's say a lineup of white and holiday with either Al or Porzingis and maybe like Hauser and one more wing player. Um, you know, if a lineup like that can play even against decent teams, then and, and a lineup with Jalen and a bunch of bench guys isn't doing that. I think that's worth experimenting with. I think it's part of the, the, the biggest problem they've had the past couple of years is how do they win the non-Tatum minutes? Yeah. And maybe one of the non-table minutes, you know, implies that Jalen Brown shouldn't be on the floor either. Um, or another idea is you just try and win the Tatum minutes by such an insane margin that it doesn't matter where the non-Tatum minutes are. Like this is what Denver and, you know, did a little bit of last season was like, okay, once Jokic comes off the floor, they crater, but they just killed everybody in the Jokic minutes that didn't even matter. And it just like until very, very late in the season where, you know, you get to your top sixes, your top sevens, and everybody's kind of locked into some good. And then again, they still beat the Lakers like, like pretty yeah. handily in the, in the Western Conference finals. And that just took care of business because he the finals. Like I say this, like they didn't just have an insanely effective, efficient walk to the finals, but like. Cool. That was one of the biggest problems was how do they win the non the non Jokic minutes? And some of the answers sometimes the answer was, Well, we're gonna kill you in the Jokic minutes, so it doesn't even matter what happens when he's on the floor, plus he'll be on the floor for a lot of time. And it maybe again, this is something that they again, Joe Missoula, the rest of the staff has all season to solve is how do we get this 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 Celtics team to be efficient without Jason Tatum on the floor? Um, as we found out for the past couple of years, Jason Tatum plus four dudes equals a, probably a plus lineup. Uh, we've learned yeah. that playing Derek Whitemore is a really great answer to a lot of questions. And they just got to figure a couple more questions out. Again, maybe playing Derek Whitemore is an answer, but I, I you got you got to try some things. As Seth said, like if it's a negative lineup, then it means you should experiment more with other options to see if you can fix it. And I think that's a great idea. Well, and to your Nuggets point, if – let I don't like that's a different team. I and I know the narrative around the Jays is maybe that they don't um 
they don't like add to each other. It's not additive to have them on the floor at the same time. I happen to think it is, um, even if they don't necessarily have like this beautiful two man game that like Jokic and Murray have. But when you watch a Nuggets game and you see the synergy that Jokic and Murray play with, I mean, it makes sense to not stagger those guys because like the thing that's special is what they're doing together in many cases. And so I don't know. I think it's, it's pretty cool the way Jalen is able to like, dominate on the second side of the offense when Tatum is in the game. And I think that's a really powerful tool that I want to, I want them to be able to go to for as many minutes as a, ga- a game as possible. So this game in Memphis, and again, I don't want to spend too much time on this specific game because that's not what we generally do on this show, but obviously it was, uh, as I said earlier, an electric win. It was a, a very losable game. You mentioned the uh, wide open three at the end there that very easily could have hit. I mean, Saldana couldn't miss. Yeah, he had a great like game. In that second half, you know, why wouldn't that one go in? It didn't. You know, the uh, rebound goes out to Memphis and ultimately Porzingis, the game ceiling block. It was his sixth block of the game. This was one of those games that was, just kind of fun, kind of poetic in the way that obviously Smart was traded away for Porzingis. Smart was unavailable due to his injury, which sucks. He's not going to play for a few weeks. That's a bummer. But Porzingis was everywhere in this game, running around both ends. Great offensive night, great defensive night. Like I said, he had the six blocks, but also Drew Holiday was kind of doing his uh I, has, I, I don't know. I, I It's cliche to say, like, Drew Holiday's out there doing his best Marcus Smart impression. Drew Holiday is... You know, it, he's in in some ways, many ways, better than Marcus Smart. So it's 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 not like you know they they're just very similar players defensively, and in terms of their energy and their presence on the floor, you know the the whole hashtag winning plays thing still you know very much applies obviously to Holiday in the way that it does to Marcus Smart. It's just a little I don't know less frantic maybe with Holiday, a little more organized chaos if you will, which is not a dig on Smart. Loved Smart. Uh, as everyone who listens to this show knows, it's just, it's different. It's very different. Certainly offensively, it's different, but defensively it's, uh, you know, there, there are many similarities between the two. So to see them both sort of show out in the way that they did opposite smarts, new team, a bad team, or at least a team that has been bad without John Morant and the injuries they've dealt with and all of that. To win the way they did, it's it just sort of reaffirms, obviously, I'm sure, Brad's vision and Joe's vision and what these guys have been working to put together. But as this continues to evolve, to go back to what I was saying at the very beginning of the show, and you, a known, uh, you know, uh, someone who is, who is more hesitant than others to fully buy into the Chris Daps Porzingis experience, yeah. you know, we last talked to you right after the acquisition and uh, or right after the first game, I should say when, when he had that awesome game against the Knicks. Now that we're a few weeks into this thing and the game that we just saw, how do you feel about what you're seeing in in terms of his fit and uh, you know, what's gone right? What, what are you still looking for more of? I mean, there's no question that he's been great. Um, He's had like, he he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's totally bought in. He, um, he protects the rim. He um, he's playing really hard, um, and yeah, he's like I'm, I don't see what more you could ask from him. I to my question about him. There's like two questions I have about acquiring him. One one has to do with like team wide passing. I still am sort of concerned about that. I think like 
bringing in Porzingis means that they have more options and holiday actually means they have more options for guys who can like score one on one or, or take advantage of a mismatch in the post, things like that. Um, but I think you do see sometimes when the starters are in the game, you know, tonight they only, they only attempted 31 threes. And I, so I thought Memphis was able to like sort of dictate, okay, the set, we know the Celtics take a ton of threes that are like leading the league and taking threes. Um, we're going to take that away from them a little bit and see how they respond. And I think the offense did get stagnant at times. Like, I'm sure people will want to complain about some of the officiating, but you don't commit eight offensive fouls in a game because like none of them are real. Like, um, you know, that amount of offensive fouls committed in a game to me means your team is kind of like forcing some stuff rather than like doing the easy thing. And so that's one question I have about bringing in Porzingis is that I I don't think he's like necessarily a, like an instinctive ball mover. So that's one piece of it. The other piece is um is more a playoff question and I don't even know if it, how much it'll come up in the regular season, but he he has like more um he has like really strong strengths on defense, protecting the rim for example. Um and he has like glaring weaknesses, like the inability to move his feet well on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And this team didn't have anybody with that weakness who was in the rotation a year ago. And so I think I think the current Celtics I would say at this point I feel like they do have a higher ceiling but they're I would say they're like slightly less mat slightly more like matchup dependent and and that scares me a little bit in a playoff series depending on what team you face like um yeah I would still be pretty worried in a series against Miami for example like a team that I trust to have the like the coaching acumen to find a weakness and just like naggingly pick at it over and over again for an entire series. I think Porzingis has some vulnerabilities in that way. So, but man, he's been amazing so far. Like, and, and tonight he was playing his ass off. He was great. I just think he changes the geometry of stuff at the end of games and it makes yeah. it just way hard. Like the, the thing that, you know, Brad said at the end of last season was we were too easy to guard, you know, in these playoff matches like that, Porzingis is brought in to, to flip that script because they can, yeah. they can, they can do pick and, you know, they can do, you know, whatever pick and roll you want to do, pick and pop, whatever with Porzingis. And because of his shooting acumen, you have to just follow him everywhere and you can't just help off whoever that is to double team the ball handler because Porzingis is just an outrageously good shooter from a, from very, very deep. Again, yeah. if, if he can punish smalls, if they, if they switch, he can put them out of the post and take them more. Like that's the stuff that, that, that is going to make a huge difference of forcing us at the end of games. If, if everything's going right, is there going to be and, able to be, uh, you know, they, they can pick on as many Mitch matches as they want to as, as much as you want to talk about Miami picking on them. They can be able to do that on the other end. Um, which is huge. And I think holiday. What's been really fun about Holiday is this, like, he's like Rob Williams on defense where he just roams around and, like, just doesn't have an assignment and just kind of, like, does this thing where he just he just roams out there. And, like, all of a sudden he's doubling somebody uh, randomly out of nowhere and they don't know what to do. And all of a sudden it's, you know, the boss gets a transition opportunity or they just they force a bad shot. Like, that's what's really fun to watch is, like, to watch them kind of, like, as a unit, like Drew does this thing where he'll just like venture off and they all just kind of like morph around that. That's been a lot of fun to watch the past couple of weeks too. So like they, they, 
what has me excited is like the additions have been such huge pluses for them in ways that they desperately needed last year. And the fact that they're starting to grow and gel a little bit, like again, they're 11 and two. That's tremendous. They're going to get better as they play more together, but you can kind of see it in real time right now. Like, Oh, like this, like this is a very interesting wrinkle. Like the Drew Holiday roaming thing is a very interesting wrinkle that like Marcus is good at defense and, and Rob was excellent at defense, but because they're a little bit different, it's easier for me to kind of watch because I just love watching Drew Holiday do things. Um, it's not as easy to watch when like, I don't know, Rob Williams is, I want him to jump out of the gym, not necessarily like be a roamer, you know, it's a little bit different, but I, this team is, I think a little bit more complimentary of, of, of each other. And like, I, I just think Porzingis has been exactly what you wanted. And, and then, and then some, I, I have, I have very little concerns about Porzingis in terms of how this is going to work. Um, it's just a matter of like, if shots go down. And if they can share the ball like this in the games, they can share the ball like this at the end of games. And it's not going to matter because that's been their biggest, biggest kryptonite. I 100% agree with that for this team. If the ball moves, they are unguardable. Like, and I think the Jalen point, the play down the stretch with Jalen in the post that you already pointed out is a great example. Like if he, if he catches the ball in the post and two guys come at him right away and he just immediately makes a quick pass, what you're going to have is guys like Derek White or Kristaps Porzingis or Drew Holiday or even Jason Tatum shooting like wide open threes down the stretch of games. I mean, if the ball moves there, you can't guard this team. It's that simple. Let's take a quick break. Tell you about our, uh, our, our good friends that uh, occupy way too much of my time and also <laughs> make this show possible. Yeah, yeah Kaufman, Kaufman's in the degenerate category at this point. Let's take a quick break, though. The entire <laughs> this show is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season and early in the NBA season as well with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins you spend on the money line. We've been giving out the MVP odds over the past couple of weeks. And I just want to point out, Seth is uh, is someone who has been with this. Again, Jokic was plus 400 to start the season for MVP. It's now plus 185. I told you guys to get in when it was good. Now the number is going to be way different. But now as we look at stuff, that Luka Doncic plus 500 number is very interesting to me. And Curry hanging out at plus 1,600, again, something that I would keep my eye on. If he can get back and they make a big run, obviously he can he can, he can can win that award. I don't think Tatum's going to win it. I don't think Embiid's going to win it. I don't think Giannis is going to win it. I think this is a, a primarily three-person race between Luka, Nikola Jokic, and Curry at this point. SGA odds, can I ask? Um, sure. I just, again, I don't know if they're going to win enough games for that to really matter. They're in a lot of games right now. Jay really Gilkins at plus twenty three hundred right now. Plus twenty three hundred for Shay. Mm, that's a little. That's that's juicy. I mean, he's had a hell of a season. We speak by more than forty points. They're about to be ten and four. Yeah. So something to keep an eye on. Oh, you know what? Let's let's monitor that one too going forward here. Add that to your hard. list. We'll add Shay 
Phyllis, a plus 2,300. That's pretty yes, remarkable odds right there. Again, a little sprinkle if you'd like to. Don't forget, folks, the app that FanDuel has is literally the easiest thing in the world to use. You Trust log me. in, you place your bets, you win quickly if you win. I haven't doing a lot of winning this year, so I haven't been getting paid out very quickly. But you might if you can, can manage to get your luck together. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more, all available at your fingertips with the FanDuel app. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to kick off the NFL season, tip off the NBA season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus issued is now travel bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. So I wasn't really thinking about this until just a a moment ago when Ev was breaking down all that info and talking about the MVP race and how Mm -hmm. he doesn't believe that Jason Tatum is, is going to find himself in consideration for this award this year. Earlier on in this season and definitely in the off season, we've spent a lot of time. I have definitely spent a lot of time talking about how, you know, obviously the most important thing is winning a championship and they are this team, these players united toward that goal. But, It's not uncommon for individual accolades to come tied into that stuff, you know, to win some of these things along the way. Best players win the best awards, uh, obviously. And and I I mean team awards as well, not just obviously individual. And should we be at all not concerned? That's not the right word. Is, Is it noteworthy in any way if Jason Tatum, who many fully expected like this this is the mvp jason tatum year you know he fell short last year wasn't really there at the end but obviously he had an insane season average 30 points a game all of that this was going to be the the locked in head down he's winning that award year in the eyes of many people coming into this season the fact that we're sitting here saying yeah i mean tatum's excellent but i don't know that he's mvp excellent is that at all surprising to you is that is that striking in any form I I actually think he's be, he's playing better than he's ever played. Um, I'm I'm kind of blown away by him this year. He, I I mean I guess this was true the first couple of months last year when we were all raving about the ball movement and stuff. But he's like um, he's really letting the game come to him in some ways where I'm I'm impressed how much he's not forcing it. I know I've brought this up before, but I love when he's in the game with Pritchard and he just. Like other guys are in the game with Pritchard. They don't let Pritchard bring the ball up the floor. Tatum just gives him the ball and then goes and does some stuff off the ball and comes and gets it back. It, let it, He's letting his teammates make his life easier. Um, I don't think he's going to average 30 again this year. I, I don't think he needs to. Um, but I think his defense has been stellar. There was a play down the stretch of this Memphis game where um, I couldn't tell who was making the mistake, if it was Jalen or if it was Derek White or maybe if it was Porzingis, but um, big play down the stretch and Tatum screaming at everybody and getting them in the right spots. Like as Memphis is coming down the floor, he's, he's like, uh, I'm, I'm just really impressed with, I think, you know, if you're looking for reasons why they're 11 and two, he's like reason number one, two, three, and four to me, basically. 
Um, so he, I mean, we probably should be talking about him. I guess the issue he's going to bump into is that if every player on the list of MVP favorites has a really good season, Jokic is going to be the MVP. Like, um, like I, I think Tatum, you're not going to talk about him in a gambling promo because his odds aren't going to be like juicy enough. He's, he's too high up on the list. Um, but if for some reason Jokic like misses some games or something, I, I think he's right there with guys like Luca and, and players like that. Yeah, I think this, they, they can both be true. Like Jason Tatum's having his best season ever and he's not really MVP candidate front runner just because there's too much talent on this team. Like there's just, they have five guys that could score 20 points at any minute and it wouldn't be a shock to anybody. Like, you know, like it's just, this is whatever it is. I agree with Seth that I think like the process that Tatum is playing with is probably the best of his career. And that's a really big bright spot for this team. Again, part of the things that we look for with this team is the, not necessarily the shooting numbers, not necessarily like the win or loss. It's just like the process of the game, how their offense flows, how their defense flows. And Tatum is just doing a lot of really smart things at this particular moment. There's a reason why he leads the league at plus minus. By like a a mile over the person in second, which I believe was Drew Holiday coming into tonight. So it's it's not like it's any different right now. But like again, there's a reason why he's he's been so effective. It's because he's an excellent player. Um, again, the problem that he's going to run into is he's going to play, you know, with five guys, six guys that are all really great. And you know, I'm not saying Jokic doesn't have a great team, but like Jokic's counting stats are way more eye popping than what Tatum's are going to be. I mean, like, what do you have? Like, somebody chirped at me on Twitter, like, that Tatum was an MVP candidate. I was like, yo, you're saying this to me the night after Nikola Jokic had 32, 16, and 9. Like, what? Like, you're just not going to have those counting stats. And, like, a lot of times MVP comes down to, like, who who has my favorite counting stats? Like, which which are my favorite? Like, my Vorps and my Schnorps do I – are my, like yeah, – You made one of those up. Yeah, like who's who leads in those categories? And like Tatum's like gonna lead in certain things, but not in a ton of them. And like that's fine. Like I don't I think I think that's like who cares? Like just just make sure the process is good. The wins and losses will come as long as the process is good. This team is good enough to win a title. Like I just don't care about anything other than the process and injuries. That's it. He's gonna be um I was just looking at the numbers because the Nuggets actually got kind of beat pretty bad. The starters were like way negative tonight um, against the Cavs. He's going to be over, I think over 60 points ahead of anyone not on the Celtics in terms of just like raw plus minus this year. Um, And over, he'll be like over, uh, I think over 50 points ahead of anyone on the Celtics. And so, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe we should be, uh, like, yes, Jokic will have the better counting stats, but, I mean, Tatum, the way this season is going, if, you know, Murray misses more time, is it, it is looking pretty, pretty, like, they would have, the, they would have he, to have the best record by a lot, I think, for them. They might, they might, they might. I just, I just don't see it, like, I don't know, I have concerns about this team having, like, the best record. And again, people are like, you're such a hater. I'm like, no, I'm not. I think this team's awesome. Like, let's just get that over with. But I don't, like, are they going to have that much of a better record than the Nuggets or the the Wolves or the Sixers or, what, like, the Heat or, like, whatever? Like, are they going to just 
be 10 games better than everybody. Like that's, if they are, then yeah, Tatum's probably going to win the MVP. But like, I just don't think like there's so much talent in the league this year. It is outrageous how good some of these teams are. Like Memphis, the lineup they threw out tonight. I mean, holy moly, man. Kenny Lofton Jr. is getting real playing time. The talent is amazing. It was unbelievable. Like Dave, Dave and Roddy, one of my favorites, got legit minutes tonight. I mean, I love how they kept pronouncing Vincent Williams. Like it's like, cause like Vince Williams, if that's like a, cause they have Zaire Williams on this team. Like the, what a what a what a roster that that Memphis threw out there tonight! But it is a really really talented league, and and like Tatum, if if the Celtics can just like annihilate teams and and be you know eight games better in the win column than anybody else in the year, then yeah, sure. But I I just don't think that's going to happen. Last one for me. Uh, it, would you say that Jalen Brown has been inconsistent to start the year, or would you say that he's just had you know a few rough shooting games? That's a good question. I feel like he's been pretty inconsistent. Um, I don't think it's just rough shooting. I think, yeah. I mean, if, if, if my, if my biggest like, uh, pet concern heading into this season was ball movement, I think he's the one who's going to struggle with that the most. Like, um, and I think I, I, I feel that he's pressing a bit, like trying to, um, you know, I, I, I don't care to like, try to figure out why he's doing that if it's like to justify the contract or for any number of reasons that that people do like weird stuff at their job but to me it feels like he's pressing a little bit trying to like force the issue against great defenders things like that um i would just love to see him like take the game as it comes and i think if he as soon as he does that his efficiency skyrockets the points are still there all that stuff. So I think he's been really up and down. And I think it, uh, to me, it has a lot to do with, is he attacking advantages or trying to like create them out of thin air? Um, And when he attacks advantages, he's like one of the best players in the league. When he tries to build the ones that aren't already there, I I worry about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, hard not to argue with a lot of that. I think there's been some moments of jail and I've been very impressed with the vision though. Uh, I will say, like, there there are moments where I'm like, oh, okay, like, that was really nice. Like, he had an alley-oop to Porzingis the other night where I was like, I can't believe he threw that. Like okay. Tonight, too. Yeah, so, like, there are, like, I don't know, maybe, you know, there's still something to crack there. Maybe they can they can find a way. Cause, and sometimes that ball movement stuff is contagious. And, and they, you know, if 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 they're all sharing the basketball, that, that could rub off on Jalen in a positive way. Um, you know, they'd have – Again, between White and, and Holiday and Tatum, there's three guys that are plus at that. And, you know, if they can, they can bring Porzingis, who's, I think, been a really good, you know, guy in terms of sharing the basketball. I think he's been pretty good. Um, maybe they can rub off on Tatum and, or on Brown and, and have him share the ball a little bit more. Um, it could go a long way. Again, I, I, I'm thrilled where this team is right now at 11 and 2. This has been an intri- incredible start to the season. Last year, they were 21 and 5 in their first 26. This feels different and it feels way better. Totally well, agree. Busy upcoming schedule. Uh, you'll notice, by the way, we did not talk about the in-season tournament because I don't care. Uh, maybe, maybe I am really. I just want to say I'm really psyched about the in-season tournament. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I, I don't know. When you're in a game that matter, it's going to be way better. What is there to complain about here? I don't understand. I'm not complaining about it. I'm not like bitching at it's happening. It I, it just doesn't impact my life in any way that it is happening. Maybe I will change my mind and 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 get really into it when we get out of group play. But just right choose now, to get into it. This is a choice you can make. <laughs> I, there are lots of choices I can make. This is just a. Look, the courts are horrible, so that's distracting. They're not horrible. They're fine. No. I like that they're different. I will will note that I like that they're different. Okay, wait. Here's what I want to ask. Can we – here's what I would like to do, not just with the in-season tournament, but just in life. life. Like, can we all just agree to, like, let things happen for, like, a little while before we decide how we feel about them? No. No. (laughs) All about takes in real time. Yeah, he cares about that. I just like I just want to like I just want to wait and see how it goes for like a few weeks before I have to like. All right, but let me let let me slightly. It's not it's 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 not completely apples to apples, but I mean, you are someone who Uh like I I might say, yeah, I like where this is going. Hey, hey, Seth, check out this movie. Like, I I love it. You'll love it too. Why don't you watch it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and you'll put it on and decide 15 or 20 minutes into it that you hate it and you'll turn it off sorry is this thing on i'm, I'm having trouble hearing <laughs> couldn't couldn't i say you know why don't you like w- spend the two hours of your life maybe even 90 minutes watch the entire thing all the way through and then decide like why don't you then tell me whether or not you like the movie as opposed to judging it a half yeah, hour okay whatever fine that's off. fair that fine fine Fine, you're right. That's fair. That's fair. It's a fair critique. Thank you. So that's that's how I feel about these. Instances. I think my critique I'm, is I'm judging it as I go. <laughs> fair. All right. Very good. Uh, there are more. <laughs> oh, well, you can't tell if you're big gulps, huh? Well, my eyes are slits. Well, see you later. Well, see you later. Big gulps, huh? Well, so. I don't even know when the next in-season tournament games are. Also, don't care. They tomorrow, the regular school. Monday. Tuesday. I mean, tu- Tuesday. Tuesday. I, I don't know. They're regular season games, so it really doesn't matter. The next game <laughs> for the Celtics is Monday. It's it's probably later tonight as you listen to this show. Uh, so just know that you haven't wasted your time. Charlotte on a Monday. That famous Tatum line. Charlotte on a Monday. Yeah. Oh, Charlotte on a Monday. That's right. Yeah. They they put this on the schedule just for him. So uh, that'll be fun. Kemba Walker should be no, no Kemba, no Michael. Will Michael Jordan be there? Has he not. Yeah. All right. Well, Celtics will play at Charlotte, a game with Milwaukee, Giannis and Dame. That'll be fun. Get our uh, our first look at that if everybody actually plays in this game. That's a a real night to night question in the NBA. Not a critique of the Celtics, by the way. They are generally available, but some of these stars on other teams not so much. So we will find out. And then uh, Caesar at Orlando Friday. And then they play Sunday against the Hawks back at the Garden. That is the next four. That is the upcoming week. We will come to you somewhere along that line and uh, talk more about what is happening with this team. But as we always like to tell you, rate, review. Please do subscribe, most importantly. Celtics beat comes at you once, maybe soon twice per week. And uh, we just love talking about this team, giving you something a, a little bit different, hopefully anyway, from the other great many Celtics podcasts that are out there in this space. So, uh, Lamin, thank you for hopping on as always. We'll do it again. Thanks real for soon, having me. Of course. Ev be good. Thank you. I'm Adam. And, uh, Hey, talk to you next time. Enjoy the games.